106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Okay, you're checked in. Yeah, thank you. Here's your AIDS ribbon. Uh, no, thanks. You don't want to wear an AIDS ribbon? Uh, no, no. But you have to wear an AIDS ribbon. I have to? Yes. Yeah, see, that's why I don't want to. But everyone wears the ribbon. You must wear the ribbon. What you are? You're a ribbon bully. Hey! Hey, where's your ribbon? Oh, I don't wear them. You don't wear the ribbon? Aren't you against AIDS? Yeah, I'm against AIDS. I mean, I'm walking, aren't I? I just don't wear the ribbon. Who do you think you are? Put the ribbon on. Hey, Cedric, Bob, this guy won't wear a ribbon. Who? Who doesn't want to wear the ribbon? <laughs> so, what's it going to be? Are you going to wear the ribbon? No. Oh, never. But I'm wearing the ribbon. He's wearing the ribbon. We are all wearing the ribbon. So why aren't you going to wear the ribbon? This is America. I don't have to wear anything I don't want to wear. What are we going to do with him? I huh? guess we're just going to have to teach him to wear the ribbon. Wait, guys, listen. This is important. We just heard that there's been a new variant. I don't know if you've heard of it yet. Um, the new variant that they have is called, um, oh, yes, Delta Plus. And you have to be very, very, very afraid of it. Now, you don't have to be afraid if you're a VIP or a member of the G7. Then you can have a barbecue, watch an air display, and 2,500 of you can get into a football stadium without any isolation or quarantine. But if you're a little person, an ordinary person, a pleb like me, you must be very afraid. I've just been to the bathroom and I think the politicians are taking their inspiration from female hygiene products. Because look, this was always, but here on the shelf I saw this, always long plus and this is delta plus right and there's long covid which i think just goes to show that all politicians are about as useful as a tampon on a tranny you're traveling through another dimension a dimension of ever-changing boundaries based on the latest college fad where every concept of justice is intersectional with terror this is the woke zone portrait of a frightened man mr robert wilson 37 husband father and owner of a drugstore he's always thought having his business burned down would be a pretty bad thing a seemingly reasonable thought but now the protest is in town and with it comes the woke zone what's that commotion outside it's just a peaceful protest for justice it's nothing to worry about dear i guess you're right i, I think there's a riot outside what are you talking about this is a protest against racism yeah, what's your problem? Nothing, nothing. I guess I just misinterpreted what I saw. It is a riot! A riot on the side of the drugstore! You need to calm down. You're making a scene. It's just, I saw... I don't care what you think you saw. You need to support disenfranchised people when they're seeking justice. Get control of yourself. Why don't you take some pills? What pills? This is a drugstore. Just grab whatever. It's here a riot! There's a riot happening inside the store! 
Someone do something! They're burning us down! It's madness! This is fine. How is this fine? I can't be the only sane person left in this world! Look! It's right in front of you! Can't you see all this? Can't you see? You mean the fire and the looting? Uh, yeah, the fire and the looting. Oh, sure. I mean, we see it. We're just trying not to focus on a few non-violent things like the complete and utter desolation of a city. No justice, no king! That, that's not a problem? No, of course not. The problem is, you're a racist. Oh. Arson, theft, assault. We call these crimes, but the real crime is noticing them when you're in the woke zone. This is Lou Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio, and this is our 118th episode, and to show up on the the internet on July 3rd, Saturday. So uh, there are a number of announcements I want to make. Some of them are happening on Saturday, so if you listen right away on Saturday, you'll uh, maybe uh, you could take advantage of it. But we'll cover those in just a minute. So if this is your first time uh, with us, welcome. Thanks for taking the time to listen. Um, Some people find us by our uh, Live with Lou Facebook site. I refer people over here. Others find us through at the bottom of some of my articles that I've written. It has uh, referred to the podcast. Or you could get it off our uh, podcast website, nohostagesradio.com. So... However you got to us, there is this website that has uh, all the the past episodes and uh, hundreds of articles that I've written. So the articles that I've written, some of you are frustrated because you can't find them in the Territorial Dispatch anymore. Uh, we are posting those on Live with Lou. That's a Facebook page. And uh, and they're also, uh, some of them are being shown up if they're uh, on uh, spot on topic-wise uh, in the COVID Times, which is a free newspaper, they're passing out, uh, distributing about 20,000 of those among several counties up in the Northern California area called COVID Times. Everything involved in COVID, whether it's uh, from the illness to masks to authoritarianism to the forced vaccine, all that kind of stuff. So um, you can reach me at uh, by email at lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com. So just, just the name of the website, nohostagesradio.com. Put lou at, L-O-U, in the at figure, and you can catch me there. You can text me at 530-713-1838, 530-713-1838. Or you can call on that line. I'll take the call if it's, uh, most of the time I'll take it. Just take it, uh, unless it's I'm on the other line. Obviously, there's a bottleneck there. Uh, let's see. I think that's all the connections. And uh, so Facebook site, Live with Lou, nohostageradio.com, uh, the email address, and I think that'll cover it. Okay. So um, 
I want to begin by giving you some dates and things are heating up since COVID started. There's been a lot of activism in Northern California. I don't know about the rest of the state of California. By the way, I'm in Northern California. If you're new to me, I'm in Yuba County. That's uh, one of the, what we hope to split off by now into another state, but it hasn't happened yet. But Yuba County's in one of the top 24 counties that would be considered Northern California all the way up to the Oregon border. There's all kinds of movement with counties right now. There's some Oregon counties that want to move off and join Idaho. There's even some California counties that may be talking about doing that. There's also Oregon counties talking about joining the state of Jefferson or whatever the state may be named in Northern California if it ever came to be. Some Oregon counties that are down there in the south side of Oregon, south-southeast, that are, uh, they don't want to be a part of Oregon anymore. So that's, but we're up here in, in Yuba County, primarily agricultural county, and I'm in the Marysville area broadcasting. And uh, so I want to give you some dates that have, what we're trying to do on this channel and many other channels is to instigate activism. Uh, as, as many people know, it appears that California has been taken over by Democrats or liberals or being called a blue state, but we think that actually elections have been stolen. But until somebody actually is able to do a really scientific audit, at not so much of local counties. I don't suspect the counties that I live in, Yuba and Sutter counties, uh, are, I mean, certainly you're going to have instances of people cheating on a ballot or filling out a few ballots that aren't theirs or something. But to swing a race, you're, you're talking about changing the, <clears throat> the uh, technology and working through the Dominion machines. I think 38 to 40 of the counties of the 58 counties of California used Dominion voting machines. Those are the same voting machines that were found to be in air. They aren't just in air. Actually, they, there was a conspiracy to steal the election, and they did steal the election. <clears throat> and so they switched votes. I'm not talking about a few votes, but hundreds of thousands of votes. And I don't want to spend a lot of time there, but the fact is that uh, that's what's that's what's going on, and so what we're what we're trying to do up here is we feel that if we can't influence the state or the federal government, we at least can influence our counties. And so, before there was a state, uh, before there was a federal government, there were counties or juri small jurisdictions, cities, counties, and they created states, and then the United States. The 13 colonies or the states created the federal government, not the other way around. And so the federal government and the and the the states sometimes act as if they rule over the cities, townships, and counties of the country. And I think I looked up there are 3,142 counties. That just simply isn't the fact. They act like it. But it's a fraud, and it's like somebody trying isn't that isn't tough that's trying to have a big mouth. And what we need to do is just put our foot down and say, "Isn't going to happen here? Back off." So uh, I want to. We're trying to get people that are mad 
and fed up to actually do more than whine and complain, but to actually take action and to get involved and get on committees, get on planning commissions, get on city councils, get on boards, uh, and make a change, right? And we may not be able to control what happens in the state, but we can certainly control what happens in our county. I'm drinking iced tea, Vietnamese iced tea tonight to keep the uh, dust down on my throat. So I want to give you some dates. July 3rd, which is the day that this show comes out, uh, Dinesh D'Souza, New York Times, multiple award-winning writer, tremendous speaker, conservative apologist, apologist argumentative you can argue the case uh he is going to be in yuba city as a at a fundraiser to speak for uh tamika hamilton who is running against john garamendi in the third district she i think she won the last time but the race was stolen from her she's running again she's an air force veteran uh, married to a navy veteran who is a police officer now uh, she's a mother of five and she's a wonderful woman who was, uh, a solid patriot conservative and, uh, we're hoping she wins and Dinesh D'Souza hopes so much that he is coming out to speak for her and the, it's being conducted the uh, event at church of glad tidings, 1179 eager road in Yuba city. That's just sort North of the city, right off of highway 99. If you drive down 99, you will drive right by the place. So Dinesh D'Souza, 1179 Eager Road, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I think at midnight, uh, I think that by the time you hear this, the tickets uh, will not be able to be purchased on the Internet, but I'm confident that there will be enough room in this uh, building that should seat almost 900 people to come and see Dinesh D'Souza. So I don't, you shouldn't have any fear if you're going to drive in from another County or, uh, near, you know, an hour or two away, no worry. Just they'll, they'll serve you at the door, get you dialed in. I'm sure there are, um, in fact, I don't know that there are VIP tickets as well as general admission tickets. The VIP was 500 last year that the general admission was 75 uh, again, this is a fundraiser for Tamika Hamilton, and uh, but I don't know that you can do those online, but I'm confident that you could uh, go online at votetamika.org, votetamika.org, and uh, because the VIP meeting starts earlier than 3 o'clock, I think it maybe starts at 2 o'clock, and it's in a separate room, and it's a question and answer opportunity with Dinesh D'Souza. I was there last year. It was a great, if you've ever seen Dinesh on YouTube or on on any of the interviews on television, uh, he is, he's great wherever you see him. He's even better when you see him in person, a real genuine, wonderful guy and very, uh, very down to earth fellow. So, uh, so check that out and uh, let's vote, uh, support Tamika Hamilton uh, she needs our help. No one, no one, whether they're Democrat or Republican, is going to get elected without support of the population that, that believes in them. So it's, for too long in California, uh, conservatives have been sold out by Republicans in name only, which most of the candidates 
that are serving most of the politicians that are serving Sacramento are rhinos, Republican in name only. That's why nobody wants to follow them because they just don't really stand up for for true conservatism. So we're looking for true conservatives to run for office, and Dinesh D'Souza is going to speak for one of them on July 3rd. Okay, so vote Tamika, T-A-M-I-K-A dot org. Or if you can't go, uh, if you could just make a donation on Vote Tamika, that's the whole point of the whole event is we need to get some money to support her. So, again, that's July 3rd. But if you can't make it or you've already made commitments at that time, you can certainly make an online donation. Also, very important meeting in Marysville, California. That's in Yuba County. It's the county seat. At the Marysville City Council meeting uh, on July 6th, that's a Tuesday night, 6 p.m., there's going to be a, a 5G presentation. Now, 5G is the next uh, frequency, I call it, of cell phone systems. You know, we went through all the Gs. Now we're up to five. And there's great concern about the uh, what you can't see in the frequencies and the vibrations and all, whatever you want to call that of coming and affecting your being. And uh, there's a lot of concern over the health issues. They're putting a tower. They will put towers up throughout, you know, every few blocks throughout the city. So there is going to be a corporate a presentation pushing or promoting 5G, but there's also going to be an anti or opponent uh, presentation by Greg, attorney Greg Lean. He's environmentalist attorney Greg Lean. And Nikki Florio, who has got a website uh, uh, that discusses a lot of environmental uh, problems, including 5G. So if you want to listen to uh, uh, both opposing views, both views for and against, uh, please come to the Marysville City Council meeting. That's at 6th and uh, C Street, 6th and corner of 6th and C in Marysville. And you can also speak for three minutes. So uh, if you want to sharpen up, practice what you're going to say, and come and give your opinion, uh, come at 6 o'clock. Okay, Marysville City Council. July 13th, this is a huge meeting. The Yuba County Republican Central Committee that is, has essentially been dormant for many years since uh, Senator Nielsen his staff people took over that that central committee and ran it into the ground and so the the heater family one of which works for nielsen res, uh, resigned after public uh, conservatives members of the public conservative people went began attending the meeting which they weren't even conducting meetings they were sporadic meetings and they they suggested that they resign and turn it over to people that really want to do something. So there's some cool things going on. Uh, Yuba County Republican Central Committee, they're meeting July 13th. They need to fill 25 seats, five seats, committee member seats, per supervisorial district. There's five districts times five seats. That's 25 seats. Normally you would run for office for these seats, but in the meantime, because there's been a collapse of the committee, they're rebuilding the committee. They're going to be appointing some folks to these seats. So go there, get involved. Even if you don't want to serve on the seat in a seat on the committee, get involved. They're also selling um, gun raffles. They're trying to raise some money to fund this organization. So they're doing a handgun raffle at twenty dollars a ticket. 
So buy some tickets. They're probably selling two or three hundred tickets uh, on this event. So uh, that's this this uh, July thirteenth. Uh, it's July thirteenth at seven at the Hallwood Nazarene Church. Hallwood is just west of Marysville, about six miles out Highway twenty, in the little community of Hallwood. When you drive through Hallwood, you have the church on the left, Cordova School on the right. Just pull in there and and go to the meeting. We have all new board members. So this is a time to the, the whole point of the central committee is to recruit people to run for office, support good people that are running for office and to highlight what the issues are coming up and and inform the uh, the populace about them. So uh, some of the. Um, Yuba County uh, Republican Central Committee people may be over at the uh, Marysville City Council meeting. Also, I want to highlight the fact that you can go to Freedom Co. It's a website called freedomco.net. It was designed right here in Yuba Sutter counties, but now is being tapped into all over the state. And you can find up-and-coming activities that are happening and information on a lot of different problems like vaccines, and uh, masks, force masks, force vaccines, all the kind of stuff uh, on that on that site. And you can find out stuff going on in several counties on that site. You can find out who your representatives are on that site in your various counties. So uh, check out freedomco.net. They'll probably have information on the Marysville City Council meeting. But there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of information. So if you're from a county and you want help organizing. You can get a hold of through that in, through that website. Just send an email through that website, and uh, a lady named Courtney Allen will pick up on that and respond to you. And she's coordinating counties throughout uh, California, uh, all the way through Northern California now, uh, to help them organize and have the same type of influence we want to have locally upon their local officials. Okay, that's Courtney Allen, and it's Freedom Co. Dot net. It stands for Freedom Coalition Network. Freedomco.net. They have mo- they have monthly meetings. Um, I think they may take a pause for one month, but they've been having monthly meetings. They also have uh, a lot of opportunities to network and get questions answered. And when people are, you know, everybody is leading some in some issue, and so we're all learning from one another. Nobody's like running the thing. We're all learning from one another. We're networking. And somebody in one county has learned something about affidavits. Somebody in another county is learning something about how to get your meetings opened. So we're all sharing to benefit by all of it. So re- freedomco.net, check that out. July 16th, Mike, General Michael Flynn is going to be uh, Church, Church of Glad Tidings, same place where Dinesh D'Souza is going to be, 1179 Eager Road. Uh, there, all the general admission tickets are sold out. Certainly, you're welcome to come. Uh, that you can go on the Church of Glad Tidings website at churchofgladtidings.com. Uh, you're welcome to come, and there may be people that don't show up. You could get in. It was just twenty twenty dollars general admission. This is a fundraiser for General Michael Flynn. There's also some VIP tickets available for five hundred dollars a piece. That's a, a about a one hour question and answer with General Flynn and small small venue and uh, so i know there's some of those tickets left uh so there's also a uh in the morning of july 16th when he's going to be here that's a friday there's going to, he wanted to have a veterans and spouses or partners 
only uh, breakfast. Uh, and he wanted to honor the veterans, and it's a free breakfast, and it's being sponsored by the Bridge Church uh, that operates in Marysville, and it's going to be held there, not at Glad Tidings. So it's going to be at uh, 1104 J Street in Marysville, 11th and J, and the way you sign up for it is dial 530-674-0400. 674-0400 to register for the breakfast. They just ask that you give your name and how many are coming. And then uh, they want you to show an ID, at least the veteran. Uh, obviously, your partner may not be a veteran. So, but it's, you're for part for the veteran and a partner. General Flynn wants to talk to the veterans. And uh, he, it's a veterans-only event, them and their partner. So it's at the bridge in marysville don't miss you need to sign up because they need to it's we're just uh 15 days away and we need to prepare or actually less than that 13 days away by the time you hear this and they need to prepare for how many people are going to eat and get all settled so we're going to take our first break if you're new to this this is the first break of our six segments we finished our first one so we'll come back with our second segment it was going to be about four to five minutes of clips here educational clips so we'll be right back you've probably heard that we're supposed to start using terms like birthing person and chest feeding and pregnant parent because terms like pregnant woman or mother or breastfeeding are non-inclusive. But I'm a birth doula and a student midwife. And you know what I do for a living is I assist women in labor. And the things that they are doing are uniquely feminine. I just left, like I'm sitting in the car. I just left a birth where the woman was in labor for four days She was pushing for over an hour. She nearly lost her mind and was emotionally broken down by the end of this, but she delivered her baby. It was placed on her chest. There were tears in both her and her husband's eyes and the husband leans in close and he whispers, what a woman. It was a beautiful moment. And you know what would have ruined it? What a birthing person. No, we're not about to diminish the battle that women have had to fight to be recognized as badasses and what our bodies are biologically created to do. Don't even get me started on chest feeding. Don't. A school district in Northern Virginia is getting pushback from parents tonight over the punishment for a teacher who expressed his religious beliefs regarding transgender policies at a public school board meeting. Me and my legal team did all this just for the fact that we want our, our students you know, not harmed. We also want teachers to feel um, you know, that the law is on their side and that they have the ability and the power to um, go voice their opinion at a school board meeting. And that goes for anybody, any American. I'm a teacher, but I serve God first, and I will not affirm that a biological boy can be a girl and vice versa, because it's against my religion, it's lying to a child, it's abuse to a child, and it's sinning against our God. My name is Tanner Cross. I'm a physical education teacher for Loudoun County Public Schools. I was concerned about two proposed policies that are going to be in place here soon in the fall at Loudoun County. One is 80-40. Loudoun County Public Schools wants basically everybody to affirm students by their chosen pronoun, although it is in violation of our faith. Policy 8350 involves where any student could change in any locker room that they wanted to. They could go into any restroom that they wanted to. 
biological males could play on girls sports teams which I think is an unfair advantage because boys have stronger denser bones ligaments and tendons and I decided to go to a school board meeting and oppose those uh, two proposed school policies. After I spoke at the meeting, I went and worked a full day and played t-ball and had a blast with my kids. Uh, Wednesday night I get home and I get a call from the HR department of Loudoun County Public Schools asking me to come into a meeting on Thursday morning. I went in Thursday morning at 9 a.m. They gave me a letter and in the letter it said that I was a disruption to the operations of Leesburg Elementary. They placed me on administration leave after Thursday, um, I, I communicated with my legal team, Alliance Defending Freedom. We really wanted to get my job back. So we wrote a letter to Loudoun County Public Schools uh, demanding that I be reinstated. And Loudoun County Public Schools uh, doubled down and, and said no. There was a, a hearing set up Friday and uh, the judge looked over the review, uh, reviewed all the facts. Um, said that he needed the weekend to make a decision. After the hearing, my community came together. Uh, it was my church, uh, our legal team, um, Loudoun County residents that just believe in the First Amendment and freedom of religion. And I, I believe it was a breath of fresh air for everybody. We were blessed on Monday to find out that the judge, he, he believed that the law was on our side and that my, my, um, my, my rights were violated. He quoted that it was vindictive with Loudoun County Public Schools. We're so happy that we got reinstated because I, I, got, I got to go back to being a PE teacher and that's what I do best is making kids healthier, and making them smile and laugh. So. so this priest walks up to a prostitute on the street corner and he says, excuse me, young lady, what would your mother do if she saw you here? She said, oh, she'd kill me. This is her corner. <laughs> It's a wonder I can think at all And my lack of education hasn't hurt me none I can read the writing Alright, welcome back. Another date, final date of all of my list is uh, I just noticed that the Secretary of State has established the recall election date for Gavin Newsom, which is September 14th. So you might want to note that. I've been trying to tell people, well, I've been telling people, and I'm trying to convince them to help people register to vote or get registered to vote. Maybe you've been registered, you've moved, you've changed your name, you got married, something happened, or maybe you're... Uh, you're you're going to be 18 this month this july and if you're 18 this month you could register to vote and you could vote your first first vote could be on a recall to recall the governor of california so you need to be 18 to vote <clears throat> and um so register to vote you can vote at the county clerk's office in your county or you could get on the secretary of state for the state of california and you could register online you i think you might be able to register at the dmv as well but the easiest place to register uh, could be just dropping by your county clerk's office and fill out a card. And um, you need some sort of an indication of how old you are, right? Your birth date, driver's license, or something, something. So, uh, and get registered. Register other people to vote. If, you're, if you have the ability to do so, you're serious about this, you might want to... Uh, Set up a table, and you could. You, you, anybody can do this. That's registered. 
and a California citizen is you can help other people register to vote and get involved in this recall election. Listen, just because we got 2.1 million signatures, that did not recall the governor. That just gave us the opportunity to recall him by putting him on the ballot. Now it's gone through the whole process to get him uh, on the ballot, and now the Secretary of State has actually uh, established the election day, September 14, 1-4. Okay, so help people get uh, get registered. We're just going to start at where I attend Church of Glad Tidings in Yuba City. We just talked this week about getting a registration table uh, in the in the lobby to register folks to vote. You know, again, it doesn't mean you've always been not registered. Maybe uh, you've just uh, something's changed. Maybe you moved from county to county, and you need to make a, a change there and and switch what you're doing. So let's get people registered to vote. Let's vote. Um, again, we're hoping that a lot of Southern California people are dissatisfied with Governor Newsom. If they really love him and they want him, we're probably not going to be able to win it by all of us voting against him because there's just not enough of us up here. But if it's a close race, if it's close and there's a lot of Southern California dissatisfaction, we may be able to push him across the finish line to throw him out. Now, it's interesting. I just saw where PG&E, Pacific Gas and Electric, for us in Northern California, that's who provides our utilities, they are going before the California Public Utility Commission to ask for an 18% raise. Now, we already pay about twice as much as any other state in the union for our utilities, for using the same products as they do in another state. And they're asking for another 18%. One of the, one of the reasons... Uh, 18% increase. One of the reasons is that they're just coming out of bankruptcy. They had all these massive fires. Now, let me just say this. I I am uh, I don't agree with all the policies of Pacific Gas and Electric. When I grew up, they were a wonderful community member. They don't really have a presence in the community anymore, except you see the PG&E trucks driving around. Some of my friends actually work for them. And uh, I've always got good service from PG&E. But they've got involved in all kinds of nefarious activities politically that I don't agree with. But aside from that, just talking about rates and how they got to where they are. A public utility is controlled big time by the state government because we live in a socialist society. And it's the state government that has mandated that Pacific Gas and Electric and other energy companies in California cannot use uh, certain types of fuels anymore. They can't use coal. They can't use fossil fuels. They're, you can't you can't uh, pull oil out of the ground anymore. They don't want them to build any more dams, so you can't get water power. They shut down the two nuclear power uh, plants, which is the cleanest, most powerful power there is. There's all kinds of... Then they force them to buy power at extraordinary rates from these solar uh, panel people and from the bird blender people the windmills and the rates then you know the bottom line is we end up picking up the the tab on those higher rates because of supposed clean energy which is a lie but i'm just without losing myself in this rabbit hole i'm just telling you it isn't all pg&e's fault they got to pay people they got to pay the expenses they got to take care of business so then you get into the whole thing of they got blamed for burning down all these people and killing these people from these huge fires. 
there's there's more to that than just PG&E. When the state mandates that you no, no longer can log out and thin the trees and thin diseased trees and, and clean the brush out at the bottom of trees, when you cannot do that and you eliminate all your logging trails where you can go in and put out a fire quickly, you end up with not just forest fires, which we've had for years. Light, lightning is the cause of most forest fires. When you don't clean your forest, when you don't tidy up, when you don't thin out forests, they become unhealthy and they become bug uh, laden. And when a fire starts, they become an inferno. And there's no fire department that can put out a fire like that. And it just destroys hundreds of thousands of acres and everything there, all the flora and the fauna, the bugs, the deer, the creatures, the plants, it's, it's scorched earth. So all your environmental theories go up in smoke, literally. PG&E has suffered because of that as well. So, uh, Anyway, so that that's what's going on, and uh, it's it's all a part of the disaster of this state, which is the reason we need to recall the governor. They're just one disaster. He's a constant liar. Uh, he's immoral. He cheats on his family, cheats on other people's families. He's a nutcase. He managed. He's the worst manager of a state that we know right now in the United States of America it was disaster during COVID. So we need to vote him out and we need to get other people to vote to wish him out is not going to work. We can't wish people into office or out of office and you can't wish better times. If you want better times, you need to get involved and have better times sitting in the lazy boy is not going to solve anything. Now I want to uh, read this with I thought was fascinating. And it talks about, it, it really refers to our cancel culture and uh, accusations of racism and our uh, politically correct nonsense. And so this is the title of this. It says what the Sydney fire commander said. Our fire commander is like the fire chief, right? But this is in Australia. Says what the Sydney fire commander said. For those who understand, no explanation is needed. For those who don't understand, no explanation is possible. Not fair to make judgment of this until you see what the fire commander says. In Australia, a four flat housing trust property was destroyed by a fire. Four flat, in other words, four story, right? A Maori family, in fact, I just met my first Maori person last year, lives here in our community. A Maori family of nine, all welfare recipients and gang members, lived on the right first floor flat. They died in the fire. An Islamic family of seven welfare cheats, all illegally in the country from Pakistan, lived on the right ground floor flat. They, too, all perished, five of them. Aboriginals, all ex-cons, lived on the left ground floor. They, too, died. A white couple lived on the left first floor flat. This couple survived the fire. 
Various multicultural agencies were furious about this. They flew into Sydney, this is Sydney, Australia, and met with this fire commander. They interviewed him on camera, and they loudly demanded to know why 21 Maoris, Muslims, and Aboriginals all died in the fire, and why only the white couple survived, right? It had to be racism, right? It had to be favoritism. Maybe they went into the, the white families first, right? You have all kinds of thoughts. I, how can this be? Fire commander said a just simple sentence. Well, they were all at work, the white folks. Just thought I'd leave that with you. So I read something that came across. It was way too long to read. But um, it's talking about this planned demic. And uh, it's talking about that for many decades, there's been a plan to uh, a people that had lots of stuff. They had a lot of money. They had a lot of power. But what else could they do with their life? Well, some people are philanthropic and they just want to help those that are less fortunate, less blessed, less successful, have a better life. But other people, they want to rule the world and they have a lot of nefarious ideas about different people and different races, as people call them, that believe in evolution, that some races aren't as advanced as others and some races ought to be ought to be weeded out or eliminated or stopped. And um, and so many of these leaders like Klaus Schwab, Bill Gates, Tony Fauci, on and on and on, Deborah Burks, many of these people um, have discussed, brainstormed, dreamed about for decades controlling the world and managing the entire world like you would your home, your home budget or your business. And they wanted to eliminate borders and just simply manage people. And they felt that instead of fighting global warming and food shortages and energy shortages and drought and all that kind of stuff, they thought, that if they just controlled everything, they would parcel out stuff. In fact, Klaus Schwab says he's from Germany, and he's the head of the economic forum. that always, they, they had these annual or every other year annual meetings in Davos, D-A-V-O-S, Switzerland. He actually uh, says that he wants to eliminate all ownership of anything. You will not own anything. Uh, so I want to just read this. This fellow writes, said, you could stage an apocalyptic global pandemic that only happened in certain countries or in certain parts of certain countries and that more or less mirrored natural mortality. And that didn't drastically increase historical death rates, but was nonetheless totally apocalyptic. Now, do you realize that if the, if it was a true pandemic, your death rate, uh, death count and death rate internationally would have been far greater. You know, they keep track of all these things. How many die in each country and how many died of each in each country of what? Heart disease, this, cancer, all that kind. Of, they keep track of all these things. 
Particularly, they do very well in the United States, keep track of what killed people. Car accident, gunshot wound, da-da-da. The interesting thing is the number of people, the total number of people did not go up. Well, if we had this vicious, dangerous, unable to control epidemic, we should have had, along with the normal number of people dying of various diseases, diabetes, etc., we should have had a huge spike and many, many more people dying in the world. It didn't happen. And what happened is all these other diseases, all these other illnesses that people normally die of, like cardiopulmonary stuff, diabetes, cancer, etc., all those numbers dropped. Really? Those people had a good healthy year? They, they didn't have so many problems? What was really going on? And so we know what was going on. Hospitals were being paid to falsify the fact the fact of how people died. And so on the paperwork, when somebody died in the hospital, they put COVID, right? So this is a pandemic that just mirrored natural mortality, and that didn't drastically increase historical death rates. But they called it, they made it, they acted like it was totally apocalyptic. They tried to make it as totally as apocalyptic as they could. Scare the hell out of people. He goes on to say, perfectly healthy people would become medical cases. In other words, we didn't really have a, an ill person. We had a medical case. Oh, you tested positive. Guy says, I feel healthy as a horse. So all of a sudden, all these people that felt healthy as a horse were now cases, medical cases. You could count anyone who died of anything as having died of your apocalyptic virus. You could tell in no uncertain terms that medical-looking masks will not protect them from viruses and then turn around and tell them that they will, and then later publicly admit you were lying in order to manipulate them and then deny you ever said that and, and then tell them to wear them after all. You could experimentally vaccinate millions of people who, whose risk of becoming seriously ill or dying from this apocalyptic virus was minuscule or not even existent and killed tens or hundreds of thousands of people with the vaccination in the process. And the people whose brains you had methodically broken would thank you for murdering their friends and neighbors and then rush out to their local discount drugstore to experimentally vaccinate their own kids and post pictures of everybody on the internet. Have you seen your friends posting their picture on the internet? that I got vaccinated, it's like they had sex for the first time. They lost their virginity. At that point, you wouldn't really have to worry about populist uprisings or terrorisms or any other type of insurgent activity because the vast majority of the global population would be scramble-headed automatons who were totally incapable of independent thought. Have you noticed that? A lot of people cannot think normal thoughts or just say running around. I still people with, see, see people in masks all over things. They're automatons. They're stupid. Their brain has been take, put on pause. They are totally incapable of independent thought and who had no idea what was real and what was not real. So just repeated whatever new script you fed them like customer service representatives on Haldol. That's what's going on. Now, I just saw, I was, I was, you know, I always pick up the garbage in front of my house. So this flyer was blowing around. I thought, what in the world's that? 
And it's a disgusting Yuba County. Yuba County spent money on this flyer. It's horribly done. The colors, you can't even read some of the, thank God, you can't even read some of it. It's so hard to read because of the, the colors that they printed black over. You know, obviously these people get paid a lot of money to do really poor, poor work. So uh, this is from Yuba County, and it's encouraging you to get vaccinated. And uh, it's telling you all the places you can get vaccinations and uh, healthcare providers, pharmacies. It's talking in Spanish and English, uh, yet they can't even spell the, you know, I before E except after C. Receive it. So they're going to give away. This is amazing. These are this the county. This is the government. We're paying these people top money. We pay them health insurance. We pay them retirement. And they can't even spell receive correctly. Receive a ticket to Six Flags when you get your first dose of COVID-19 vaccine. They're, they're so desperate to kill you. They want to deceive you and kill you that they're going to give you. First, first of all, some of these businesses like uh, Peachtree Health is giving their employees $150 just to take the vaccine. Please take it. Please take it. Just shoot it. In. You got to take it. You got to take it. I know you're not going to get it. I know it's no good. I know it's. I know you're just a guinea pig. They never tried it on animals, but please just take it, dude. Like, we give you $150, even though you weigh 300 pounds, and we've never cared about that. We're going to give you $150 to stop, the, you know, to just, to, like, get a lot of people in on this. So, receive a ticket. So now... For, for people that are really easy to sucker, right? They, they'll give you a ticket to Six Flags. That's If you don't know what Six Flags is, that's an amusement park when you get your first dose. I don't know what you're, if you survive to your second dose, I don't know whether they're going to give you anything or this or, or that or not. So it says, then it says, if you missed a curative van, who knows what a curative van is? Do you even know what that term is? These people do not know how to communicate. They need a good advertising guy. You miss the curative van, question mark, get vaccinated at any of the following clinics. Go get that chemical put in your system. Oh, my God, we used to tell people not to do drugs. Now we just give you a deal of six flags to do drugs. All right, we'll be right back. Do electric cars really help the environment? President Obama thinks so. So does Leonardo DiCaprio and many others. The argument goes like this. Regular cars run on gasoline, a fossil fuel that pumps CO2 straight out of the tailpipe and into the atmosphere. Electric cars run on electricity. They don't burn any gasoline at all. No gas, no CO2. In fact, electric cars are often advertised as creating zero emissions. But do they really? Let's take a closer look. First, there's the energy needed to produce the car. More than a third of the lifetime carbon dioxide emissions from an electric car comes from the energy used to make the car itself, especially the battery. The mining of lithium, for instance, is not a green activity. When an electric car rolls off the production line, it's already been responsible for more than 25,000 pounds of carbon dioxide emissions. The amount for making a conventional car, just 16,000 pounds. 
But that's not the end of the CO2 emissions. Because while it's true that electric cars don't run on gasoline, they do run on electricity, which in the US is often produced by another fossil fuel, coal. As green venture capitalist Vinod Kosla likes to point out, electric cars are coal-powered cars. The most popular electric car, the Nissan Leaf, over a 90,000 mile lifetime will emit 31 metric tons of CO2 based on emissions from its production, its electricity consumption, an average US fuel mix, and its ultimate scrapping. A comparable Mercedes CDI A160 over a similar lifetime will emit just three tons more across its production, diesel consumption, and ultimate scrapping. The results are similar for a top-line Tesla, the king of electric cars. It emits about 44 tons, which is only five tons less than a similar Audi A7 Quattro. So throughout the full life of an electric car, it will emit just three to five tons less CO2. In Europe, on its European trading system, it currently costs $7 to cut one ton of CO2. So the entire climate benefit of an electric car is about $35. Yet the US federal government essentially provides electric car buyers with a subsidy of up to $7,500. Paying $7,500 for something you could get for $35 is a very poor deal. And that doesn't include the billions more in federal and state grants, loans, and tax write-offs that go directly to battery and electric car makers. The other main benefit from electric cars is supposed to be lower pollution. But remember Vinod Kosla's observation, electric cars are coal-powered cars. Yes, it might be powered by coal, proponents will say, but unlike the regular car, coal plant emissions are far away from city centers, where most people live, and where damage from air pollution is greatest. However, new research in the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences found that while gasoline cars pollute closer to home, coal fire power actually pollutes more, a lot more. How much more? Well, the researchers estimate that if the US has 10% more gasoline cars in 2020, 870 more people will die each year from the additional air pollution. If the US has 10% more electric vehicles powered on the average US electricity mix, 1,617 more people will die every year from the extra pollution. Twice as many. But of course, electricity from renewables like solar and wind creates energy for electric cars without CO2. Won't the perceived rapid ramp up of these renewables make future electric cars much cleaner? Unfortunately, this is mostly wishful thinking. Today, the US gets 14% of its electric power from renewables. In 25 years, Obama's Energy Information Administration estimates that number will have gone up just three percentage points to 17%. Meanwhile, those fossil fuels that generate 65% of US electricity today will still generate about 64% of it in 2040. While electric car owners may cruise around feeling virtuous, the reality is that the electric car cuts almost no CO2, costs taxpayers a fortune, and surprisingly generates more air pollution than traditional gasoline cars. I'm Bjorn Lomborg, president of the Copenhagen Consensus Center.
So I don't know how they pass these flyers out. Whether they, I didn't, I don't remember getting one in my mailbox. They don't look like they mailed them. Somebody, it looks like it's been folded up in somebody's shirt pocket. But uh, anyway, I'm not going to advertise for them except to to say, I wonder if people die if these people that work as secretaries and stuff for these government entities that encourage people to get vaccinated with something that's going to kill them and ruin their immune system. Well, they're going to be held accountable by uh, Nuremberg style trials. Oh, are they, is your defense going to be, I was just doing my job. I was just doing what I was told. You know, I get a kick out of it. Dan Flores, super supervisor for Sutter County actually was advocating kids wearing masks, playing Little League, and being six feet apart in the uh, dugout, and he's not even a doctor. It's amazing to me how many people have become doctors and are advising supervisors or doctors are advising people to wear masks. They're telling people you can't come to our meetings unless you wear a mask, unless you sit six feet or 12 feet apart or something in the meetings. They're all just Nazis is what they are. They don't know what they're talking about. They're just going along to get along. Well, I uh, some of the counties, I don't know where I wrote this. Oh, I think it's on down here a ways. Some of the counties, there's 3,142 counties in the United States of America. A thousand of the counties only 30% or less have taken the vaccine. I, I want you to pay attention. They make it sound like everybody's taken this. It's not a vaccine. It's a, it's a DNA modifier. It's going to modify your DNA, period. And once they do it, they ain't going to be able to take it back. It's like these people get breast implants and they decide, ah, after 10 years, I don't want this breast implant thing, so they have them take it out. This, I don't think you're going to be able to take it out. They're putting nanoparticles. By the way, some people believe and are teaching sharp people that the nanoparticles can be connected through 5G and they can monitor where you are by 5G, not by your phone. They could do that already. They can already do your phone already. But say you you got rid of your phone. And you just use like throwaway phones, like the Obama phones, if you wanted to talk sometime. Or even if you went without a phone. I have a couple people in my life that they don't have a phone at all, like mobile phone. And uh, But they will be able, if you take that injection, they're going to be able to follow you with 5G. It's, it's the way of the future, and there's already 6G, I'm told, being planned. But it's uh, 5G is is going to have an impact on everybody involved. Um, so it's something you need to, need to cons- be concerned about. I want to read. Um, there's only one superintendent uh, that's got balls in this uh, two county area of Yuba Sutter. And that is a woman named Nicole Newman. I don't know her personally, but I like her by the stuff she stood up against the state because she's it's interesting. You'd think superintendents and principals of school would be committed to kids. Most of them are not. They're they're committed to the government and to uh, 
perpetuating government nonsense and they're they're in perpetuating the union. But Nicole Newman seems to me for the kids. And so she wrote a letter to whom it may concern and sent it to lots of people up, up top in the state of California. And, uh, in fact, there's one of them. I got a kick out of it. I don't know whether I could find, I, I don't, I may have, I, I think I cut off that part. Uh, a guy named, he's, he's in charge. Oh, here it is right here. His name's Dr. Rohan Radash Krishna. Radash Krishna. And he is a doctor of, uh, he's the office, he's the head of the Office of Health Equity. Do you think like we've lost our minds? Health equity. She says, Nicole says, on behalf of the Wheelan Union High School District Board of Trustees, I'm writing today to urge your department to change its guidance mandating masks for students and staff in public schools. How about like drop everything, right? You stupid people. I wrote, I've written a number of articles. You can look at them on my pod, uh, nohostagesradio.com or at Live with Lou uh, Facebook. She says there's a number of reasons why we believe allowing students and staff to go without masks is best and safest course of action. Among these reasons is the emotional impact that the pandemic has had on our students. It is axiomatic in schools that following traumatic events, returning to normal routines quickly is necessary and most beneficial for the student's emotional health. She speaks the truth. We are doing everything possible, Nicole says, to help support students' physical and psychological healing and planning for a normal start to the upcoming school year. Continuing to mandate masks creates a constant reminder to the students of the fear and uncertainty they experienced during the peak of the pandemic. It does not, obviously, help us support them in returning to normal and comforting routines. We have resisted strong community pressure to ignore some unpopular CDPH, that's public health, guidance. We took a firm stance because while we could measure the impacts of the physical safety practices, we could not quantify how those measures affect our students' emotional health. However, it is now clear that sufficient data exists to say with some certainty that the negative emotional influences of, the continually remi- of continually reminding students of the pandemic is becoming nearly a detrimental, nearly as detrimental as the physical dangers associated with COVID-19 infection. In short, the skyrocketing rates of suicide ideation and students seeking counseling call for a different approach. Throughout this pandemic, we have tried our best to implement CDPH guidance to slow the spread of the virus our mantra has been that we follow the science to keep our students staff and community safe at this point with numbers of vaccinated individuals climbing constantly and particularly because young people are not as susceptible to infection as trend or transmission it seems counterintuitive to require ongoing masking for this and other reasons detailed above, we respectfully request that you change the guidance to allow our students and staff to be mask-free as much as possible in school. Now, let me tell you this. This has never been about health. I appreciate Nicole Newman. She says, educationally yours, Nicole Newman. I think she's doing as much as she can in the position she has, and she's standing up for kids. God bless her. I mean that sincerely. It has never been about masks. It has never been about mass stopping a virus. In fact, I just wrote an article about that called Doctors of Death or Death Doctors. You can see it on the uh, website, nohostagesradio.com. You can see it on Live with Lou. 
and I'm not going to go into the details. You could, if you unless you have the initiative to look for yourself, you can hide your head in the sand. The the mask made people sick. Social distancing and quarantining healthy people made people sick. They all contributed to people dying. Not COVID. It was the mask and the social distancing and isolation. That's the truth. When we're dealing with all these government people talk about science, the science votes against them 100% of the time. They have ignored science, and they have, they have done anecdotal stuff, not science. Nicole's being very kind here. There, there is no kids in the nation got sick and died from COVID. And there's no people in the nation that kids gave COVID to. So that's just, that's that. So we'll see what they're going to say to the Wheatland Joint Unified School District. Obviously, she says, and there has been a lot of pressure for people not to create those rules anymore, Nazi rules. They're running these school campuses like they're prison camps. You can't go play with each other. You can't run. You can't touch. You can't get close to each other. Uh, It's... It's prisoner of war torment is what it is. And that's exactly what they used. The prisoner of war people, I wrote an article about this. Uh, You can look it up if you want. Uh, The prisoner of war people that were in Vietnam at the Hanoi Hilton said the worst type of torment, worse than breaking their arm, breaking their leg, starving them to death, was leaving them alone and isolating them. And causing him to social distance. That was the worst. Believe it or not, maybe you need to go and, and volunteer to be a hostage somewhere. Now, my friend Ted Ulbrich, who takes care of 2,000 orphans in Cambodia, uh, and I have friends in Vietnam and Cambodia. Vietnam and Cambodia right now are starving to death. The Vietnamese and the Cambodian government, I don't know what has got into them unless they're buying into this reset totally. They have shuttered the doors of businesses all throughout the country. People are going broke. People are uh, having difficulty feeding themselves. So Ted Ulbricht was in the military during the Vietnam War. He was stationed in in, in Laos. And he and his wife went back over uh, to try to help when they retired from farming in America and uh, they've been living in Cambodia for about 20 years. But anyway, he says Babylon, it's a Babylon reset. The term global reset, he says, has been thrown around a great deal during the past two years. The prime primary topic of the virtual world economic forum, a meeting of bankers, billionaires, and heads of state at Davos, Switzerland was the great reset of the COVID pandemic, COVID pandemic. In Cambodia, with an economy which runs on a currency linked to the U.S. dollar, anything happening to the central bank or the Federal Reserve in the USA or the World Bank directly affects the fate of every single Cambodian. You can't help but be shocked if you drive down any street of any sizable town in Cambodia and see dozens of shuttered businesses and closed factories, all courtesy of COVID-19. Farmers can't borrow money to plant crops and prices of, of inputs like fuel, fertilizer, are prohibitive. In a land with no welfare, 
unemployment compensation, in other words, there are none, or stimulus patients, there aren't any. There's no way back for them. Theft has become a major problem currently here. Especially hard hit are the unemployed, uneducated, young women who end up selling their most valuable asset. The small roadside massage parlors are loaded with help. The country is headed for massive bankruptcy, and clearly the deep pockets of China are positioned to pick up the pieces. As a Christian missionary, I struggle to make sense of all this. Clearly, something of this global magnitude must not be unnoticed in heaven. I recently became aware of a few verses in Revelation, that's the last book in the Bible, in case you've never read it, that made me sit up and pay attention. At my age, which he's in his mid-70s, I've seen enough antichrists announced that I've run out of fingers to count them. I've never been one to fit today's current events into Revelation to St. John in order to come up with an apocalyptic calendar. But this one caught my eye. Revelation 17, verse 5, speaks of, quote, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, and of the abominations of the earth. And Revelation 18, verses 2 through 3, says, Babylon the Great is fallen. The merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. Revelation 18.11 said, Merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her, for no one buys their merchandise anymore. Then uh, a list of every unimaginable product is listed. And bodies and souls of men. In other words, that's also part of the verse. During the past 20 years, China and other nations have become wealthy, selling the body parts of executed prisoners. Many nations have made wealth selling the tissue of aborted babies. But something even more sinister is at work here. God says in Revelations 18.15, The merchants of these things who become rich by her will stand at a distance for her of her torment, weeping and wailing. Then in verse 23 it says, For your merchants were the great men of the earth, for by your sorcery all the nations were deceived. The word sorcery is translated from the Greek word, which the Bible was originally written in the New Testament. The Greek word for sorcery is pharmakia, which is the same word we get pharmacy out of, which means enchanted with drugs. The novel coronavirus was patented by the operatives from the CDC and the WHO in 2013-14. The development of COVID-19 was finalized through gain-of-function research and release from a laboratory in Wuhan, China. Now, gain-of-function research means to to find out other ways that they could use this as a biological weapon. It's not how to solve it. It's how to make it more powerful. Think for a moment, Ted says, of the trillions of dollars made from the release, treatment, and vaccination of this virus. I'm telling you, the people behind the release, the treatment, and vaccination, vaccination of this virus are the global cabal or the, or the string pullers internationally. The trillions of dollars more lost to the common citizens. In other words, there's been a huge transmission trans, uh, uh, of wealth from the common people to the richest of the very rich. Now, I talked to a friend of mine today by text about some people I know in Vietnam that are going to be, their families are going to be cast out on the street unless somebody pays their rent for them. 
in Cambodia, it's the same thing. And who's going to win? The, the landlords, the rich people of the world will gobble up. If landlords can't pay for their properties, their payments, the rich people of the world, the ultra-rich, will gobble up all those properties. Uh, to those involved in the development, release, and spread of the sorcery, your day is coming. In other words, judgment. You may, you may be smiling now, but as Billy Sunday, famous baseball player and then preacher, said, there's going to be a payday someday. <clears throat> okay. So, okay. You got a few minutes left? I know that some of you, there's a saying, a man or woman convinced against his or her will is of the same opinion still. Some of you have already been so mentally discombobulated that you can't imagine the government ever do anything to harm you. You're sorely deceived. I'm telling you, and I've told people internationally that have asked my opinion, Lucia, did you get the vaccine? Did you get inoculated? Did you get shot? I said, no way, and don't you dare take it. It is, it is toxic. It is controlling. They're going to mandate that everybody take a vaccine all the time because they want to monitor you through the products that's in your system. Do you know that I have a, a fake leg, a fake knee, and every time I go through the x-ray machine, I, I can't even tell I have a fake knee anymore. It's so good. It's, it's better than from the factory. And so, But when I know I have one is when I go through an x-ray machine and those uh, air, airline uh, screeners get upset at me. They said, you should have told us you had that knee. I said, oh, I didn't even think about it. And then they make a big deal about putting a wand over it, make it go beep, 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 right? So that's something inside my body that uh, is they can trace. Now, they can put chemicals. They shot chemicals in my veins uh, at the heart doctor that, so the, the chemical then they can follow on an x-ray machine and they can watch my blood flow throughout my body with because they put a chemical in there. It's a marker. And they can, it highlights how the blood's flowing through the various parts of my body. And But but it's a chemical that they put in the blood to make it highlighted. Highlight it. That's the same thing that nanoparticles are doing in layman's language. They can watch you and eventually they can take information from you through the nanoparticles. I'm telling you people, this is not a vaccine. That's a misnomer. In other words, it's a euphemism. It's a term that they're using. It's kind of like when you go to Planned Parenthood to kill your kid. That is not Planned Parent. That's not Planned Parenting. It's killing your kid. So and what Ted was talking about is that in g communist cultures, as well as in America, we've been selling... We don't, we don't really sell body parts here like organs like they do in China. They kill people for their body parts in prison, political prisoners. Uh, but we have been selling, and this was a shock temporarily, we have been selling uh, chemicals. I mean, we have been selling uh, parts of babies uh, to people. And uh, for research. And so we've been, there's been a whole 
business, a whole industry in selling baby parts. And that's been going on. So we're going to take a break. We're at the halfway point, and we'll be coming right back. And uh, thank you for listening. I hate clean air and water. I don't care how much companies pollute rivers and streams. I don't even like trees. I just care about tax cuts. Who am I? Well, that's easy. I'm a conservative. Or at least I'm a progressive caricature of a conservative. But the caricature is absurd on its face. Conservatives breathe the same air and drink the same water environmentalists do. Conservatives love taking their kids to the same national parks environmentalists do. In fact, the whole idea of national parks was created by a Republican, Ulysses Grant. The park system was greatly expanded by another Republican, Teddy Roosevelt. And the Environmental Protection Agency was, yes, established by a Republican, Richard Nixon. He liked clean air, too. Conservatives want to conserve things. It's right there in the name. And one of the things we want to conserve is our environment, because you can't have a healthy community without a healthy natural environment. That wasn't even hard for me to say, because I believe it. Conservatives love the environment every bit as much as environmentalists do. The question is, what is the best way to protect it? And here's where we have big differences. The environmentalists say the best way, the only way, is through massive federal and even international regulations. Conservatives say the best way to protect the environment is by protecting property rights, and encouraging innovation, safer, more efficient power, nuclear, geothermal, biomass, anything that generates energy at a price consumers want and can afford to pay. To the extent that government gets involved in conservation, say protecting wildlife, it should get involved at the most local level possible, since the farmer, forester, or fisherman in Oregon knows a lot more about his environment than some bureaucrat in Washington, D.C. or Brussels. So how can we tell which way works best? Let's examine the historical record. Today, and for the last century, the worst environmental offenders have been big, repressive socialist governments. This was true in the last century, and it's true now. China, for example, pumps roughly twice as much carbon into the air each year as the United States, even though the U.S. economy is almost 60% larger than China's. And how do those international agreements fare at protecting the environment? Not too well, it turns out. When President Trump announced his intention to pull the U.S. out of the Paris Climate Accord, environmentalists warned of imminent disaster. Yet a year later, it turned out that the United States led the world in reducing carbon emissions. It did so without surrendering its national sovereignty. Moreover, Canada, the EU, and China, all signatories to the Paris Accord, not only failed to live up to their commitments, but increased their annual carbon emissions. The EU released an additional 40 million tons of carbon dioxide into the air that year. China, a whopping 120 million additional tons, all while wagging their fingers at Uncle Sam. Here's what you won't hear from your neighborhood Greenpeace volunteer. The left favors big government solutions, not because it's better for the environment, but because it's better for leftism. Take a look at the Green New Deal 
an environmental proposal embraced by virtually every major progressive in America. Forget for a moment the impracticality of a plan that would outlaw most forms of American energy and cost $93 trillion. Much of the proposal has nothing to do with the environment. Socialized medicine, reparations for historical wrongs, and a jobs guarantee program are just a few of the items on its wish list. What do socialized medicine and reparations for slavery have to do with the environment? Well, nothing. But for supporters of the Green New Deal, that's okay, because their primary goal is increasing government power well beyond anything we've ever seen in America. They need this power, presumably, to save us from ourselves. In contrast, conservatives are all about innovating our way to a cleaner environment without depriving anyone of their freedom. Take, for example, that monster of all green monsters, horizontal drilling for oil and gas, also known as fracking. The left demonizes fracking even though it actually makes the environment cleaner, the country richer, and now independent of Middle Eastern oil, something thought impossible a decade ago. How does it make the environment cleaner? By releasing up to 50% less carbon dioxide into the atmosphere than coal. And since it's also cheaper, people are happy to buy it. Not because government forces them to, but because it saves them money. By the way, according to a Harvard study, fracking is safe and improving all the time. Yep, innovation that produces abundant, clean energy at a fair price without infringing on my freedom. That works for this conservative. You'd think it would work for anyone who cares about the environment and people. So let me repeat. I love clean air and water. And I don't own even a single share of Exxon. I'm Michael Knowles, host of The Michael Knowles Show for Prager University. Welcome back. I wanted to uh, mention that the recall, uh, as typical of all this crazy stuff that's going on um, during elections, there's all kinds of chicanery going on at the California uh legislative bodies over the Newsom election. Now, one of the things that happened is that his own attorneys did not file properly for him for the recall election on how he was going to be described. And so they did not include in the description about him. You think, well, everybody knows him, don't they? Well, not everybody. And people are pretty ignorant about who's who in the zoo out there, unfortunately. But Newsom did not list list his party affiliation, and he's all freaked out about it. And so he's taken his own secretary of state to court and filing an action against her to force her to ignore the rules, the laws, right? If you and I were, were running for office, and we did not file properly, you think they'd waive anything? They would not waive anything. They would not change a thing. If you, Their rules are there for a reason. 
And just because there's plenty of time to the election and they could print the ballot and add Democrat next to his name, the rules are the rules, right? And normal people obey the rules, but in a communist government, which is what we have right now, the leaders change the rules to fit themselves. Now, they made the rules, and then they don't want to live by them. You and I have to live by them. So now he's suing over his ballot blunder. No one blundered except his own people. But he's wanting everybody to just ignore it because it really doesn't make any difference anyway, and and what's it going to hurt, right? Those are just kiss-my-rear arguments. They are not legal arguments. Those feel sorry for me. I'm a nice guy. Ignore all the rules. You have to obey them, but I don't. I'm, I'm separate. I'm special. And so that's gone on. So they want, they, he wants a special deal on the ballot. Then they passed a, another SB 152, the legislature, after there's already rules on all the procedures, and I've, I've actually iterated those repeatedly for over a year on how the procedure is to get the petition signed, and then they have to be certified, and then this has to happen, and then people that change their mind, they can take their names back, and then they have to recertify them, and then they have to go before a finance committee to explain how much it's going to cost, and then they have to... Right. So what happened is because it's Gavin Newsom and it's a Democrat legislature, they just constantly change the rules right in the middle of the in an election. It's not like in an off year. So the California legislature legislature just passed SB 152, which authorizes the California secretary of state to certify the recall petition signatures for a recall election without waiting for the joint. In other words, they change the the protocol and the procedures. You know why they did it? Because Gavin wanted to speed up the election because the longer he waits, he feels the less chance he has to win. Why? Because if the state catches on fire, everybody's going to blame Gavin. Why? Because he lied about how many acres and how many millions of dollars he spent on cleaning up the forests like he promised us he'd do after he was up there visiting paradise and walking around the ashes and looking at every building being burned down in the entire city of paradise. So he didn't like the way the election was, you know, the strategy of the election, even though everybody else in the world has to follow the protocols that have been voted on and created by the very legislature. So because it's Gavin, he's got to have it his way and they changed the rules. So they came out today after they voted on this. It's, it's like, uh, it's California Senator. She's Republican conservative. Melissa Melendez said the Senate passed SB 152, which once again changed election law this time to benefit Newsom in the rec- his own rec- recall election. She said, I defy you to find a state with more corrupt Democrat Party than the one in California. And that's obviously very, very true. Uh, The Globe, the California Globe reported, the obvious goal of the legislation is to modify the timeline and process of the current recall election to garner a more favorable electorate for Gavin Newsom. So I'm not going to spend a total ton of time on that. Uh, 
But again, if if it doesn't go Newsom's way, he he doesn't he doesn't feel like any law applies to him. That's why during the whole COVID fiasco of 16 months, the legislature was put on pause. Uh, authority to spend money, he just took it away from the the assembly. Those that's where the the budgets come out of, and the spending of money and gets authorized in the assembly. Creation of laws, the vote takes place in both houses, Senate and Assembly. He just skipped all of that. He just made decrees. Any law that he believes he wants to pass on when it comes to him, he may think it's good for you, but not for him. And that's just the way it is. We need to eliminate anybody in politics that thinks this way. So uh, Kevin Kiley went after him. Uh, I I don't know whether you've noticed there's literally scores and scores of people already signed up to run against against and they're not running against Gavin. People have mistaken that they think oh the recall election he's going to be competing against these other people. No 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 he's competing against himself. So the one question as the Secretary of State has said on September 14th the one question is is do you want to keep him or not? If if the if the majority, which is 50% of the people plus one extra person, when the majority says we don't want him, then whoever they voted for as an alternative, that comes into play. And so just the person with the most votes out of that, say if there's 100 people running, with with Gray Davis in 2003, I think there was 103 people ran to replace him if he, if he was so voted out. And he was voted out. Uh, so anyway, Newsom is in front of all kinds of courts in this state assembly saying, it's me, remember me, and I'm the exception to everything. Just cut me a special deal, okay? So I want to take a couple minutes here, and I want to promote some of the folks that uh, mentioned, folks that helped me. Now, Dr. Cassidy, Dr. Joe Cassidy, who's the expert on addiction here, uh, in Yuba Soto counties, he was for 30 years, almost 30 years, the health officer for Yuba County. And also he brought the first methadone clinic to town to help with the heroin epidemic all the way back in the 90s. Now we have two methadone clinics. Plus, now we have doctors that are prescribing things like Suboxone and things like that. Uh, <clears throat> so Dr. Cassidy is uh, retired from the, the county, but he went to work for Peachtree Health in order to practice uh, his medicine and also to see addict. Uh, a lot of doctors don't want to work with addicts, but Dr. Cassie feels comfortable with them and likes them and wants to help them recover. And so uh, he has an addict population or addict caseload. So he and I got frustrated with the fact that the county keeps the county through behavioral health in Sutter Yuba behavioral health two counties up here in Northern California, Sutter County, Yuba County, they get all the tax money on drug treatment, but they, they spend most of it on, uh, on staff salaries and overhead. And the addict runs around barefooted over in the river bottoms. And they treat the addict like a healthy college educated, sober, and, uh, uh, with a sound mind person that can jump through a lot of bureaucratic hoops and get himself in, get her himself or her herself into rehab. So they put very few people into rehab. Although the river bottoms, and people are sleeping all around town on slide, sidewalks, pooping in front of your 
front of your house and just it's just wild over here in marysville in yuba city so <clears throat> he and i set up a program and uh it's just a simple program we hand out cards and and uh posters uh to reach out to addicts and it and uh, to opiate addicts methamphetamine addicts etc and it has our phone numbers on it so I, if you know somebody if, if you're struggling with addiction and you want help or you know somebody uh you can uh you can give me a call or give him a call or a text. I'm recommending you text him. The first thing, if you if you want to get in to see him, I'd recommend if you have an ad addiction problem, get in to see Dr. Cassidy at Peachtree Health. Call Peachtree Health. And it's the number there. Uh, actually, I don't have the number. It's in Linda or Live Oak. Just Google Peachtree Health or DuckDuckGo Peachtree Health, and that'll give you Linda or Live Oak. Either one, just ask for Dr. Cassidy and see if you can get an appointment. If they jack you around up front, then call me. My number is 530-713-1838 or text me and say you just need some help. Your addict needs some help. 530-713-1838. Or if you've tried to Peachtree Health and they, they're dragging your feet, they're not giving you an appointment for some reason, then you can text Dr. Cassidy. I'm going to give you his his cell number, but please don't just call it because you can wake him up in the middle of the night or you can call him while he's with a patient. Just text him. Say, I'm Lou. I have an addict. I need to see you. I'm an addict. Boom. Your phone number, etc. So his his cell number is 530-682-8648. 530-682-8648. The reason we're doing this, too many people are dying of overdoses. So we're helping people get Narcan if they're actively using and they're not quitting right now, we can get you some Narcan so you can save your buddy. You're not probably not going to save yourself, but you can have it on you and tell your friends say, "Hey, if I go down, shoot this up my nose." We got Narcan, we got uh, we can get your prescriptions for different types of anti-withdrawal drugs, Suboxone such as that. But we really need to see you through a through a medical office and that would be dr cassidy we can also get you into residential treatment programs so we're giving you a shout out in in any county we're not concerned uh, about counties uh we're we're up here in yuba county we both live in yuba county but we're dealing with all the counties we don't care just give us a call and we'll hook you up so he's supporting the show here as well as we're working together on this project to, to save people's lives also, uh, another gal that's helping us is North Valley Paralegal. That's Nellie Garcia. <clears throat> if you want an honest person to help you during a real trying time, which if you le need legal help, it's usually your, your, it's a troubled time. So it could be just something simple with a dispute, property dispute. It could be needing a uh, divorce. It could be you need uh, sort out property lines, you know, legal issues, somebody stole something from you, whatever. Anyway, you can reach her at 530-751-9289, 530-751-9289. The difference with her is she'll work her rear off for you. She'll work a night and day. She's honest, and she's not going to rip you off, okay? She's at 751 Sutter Street in Yuba City. So if you've got any legal needs, if you, you need a, uh, a will, a trust, all those kind of things. She does all that kind of stuff. Okay. Also want to mention the plumbing doctor. Um, I just talked to Ted Holmes this week. And, uh, or actually, if you need a job, they're looking for plumbers at the plumbing doctor. And they're also looking for workers at the uh, liftoff floors. I got a guy that I've known for years. He called me up out of the blue, said, Lou, I just got laid off the job, off this job. I said, hey, I called this number. 
They put him to work right away. He's still working over there. So uh, 530-671-9111. Whether you need a plumber or you want to be uh, a part of a plumbing crew, you can get work over there, 530-671-9111. Dave Greenitz just was worked with him on a project, a volunteer project. Both these guys are working with me on volunteer projects. You're not going to find anybody better in the community to do great remodel kitchens and baths, and you just have to go to his website or his Facebook site to prove that to yourself, and that's greenitzconstruction.com, greenetzconstruction.com, or Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook page. So check it out, and you can contact him right off those platforms, or you want to go old school and just dial him up or text him, 530 Zero two, And finally, uh, Monty Hecker with Elite Universal Security. People are stealing stuff left and right. Uh, all over the United States with, with the laws for theft being reduced, people just go in and walk out with stuff. And they just dare you to arrest them. Monty Hecker, Elite Universal Security, can help you with those issues. Also, if you want a job there, everywhere I'm looking, there's help wanted, help wanted, help wanted. Monty Hecker uh, will train you how to be a guard and they do guard work for the government for schools for private business for private folks residences and if they not only provide guard services but they can help you solve security issues in your own home which is a huge thing nowadays particularly when you have children and things like that my neighborhood here I'm fine in I'm fine here. I'm never nervous here, but we got some characters here. I would really be nervous if my kids were out in the front playing and I wasn't out there because there's some characters here. So those are issues that you have to think through today. We're in different times. People in on drugs are not thinking squarely. And they may be nice people normally, but when they're on drugs, it's trouble. So uh you can reach Elite Universal Security at Five three zero seven four nine zero two eight zero five three zero seven four nine zero two eight zero. They are five five four eight Federal Boulevard. They are located. You don't need to work in Yuba County. You could work all over the North State. They are working everywhere in the North State, uh, and you you can hook up with them and find out what's shaking. Uh, you you can look at their website uh, for their classes. They have online classes and in person classes at api-academy.com. API-academy.com is their schooling uh, aspect. So, okay, those are some of the people that are helping us stay stay on the air. I had uh, a couple, I saw them at church last Saturday night, and they said, hey, how, how are you doing on this radio? Because we're doing a live show. I, I didn't mention that earlier. We're doing a live show on at 10 to noon. I think we've done, I don't know, eight or nine live shows in a row now. So 10 to noon at KMYC, 1410 a.m. We're still not on the Internet streaming. I, every week I ask about it. So you got to have an old school radio. But 1410 a.m. we are on from 10 to noon every Saturday. And uh, so uh, I got asked by one of, the, one of the couples in the church, hey, how, how are you funding that? And so I said, well, uh, some people are helping me, and I'm funding it out of my pocket. So, uh, But if you want to help... And they said they wanted to. Um, you can uh, you can send a check to me if you want a tax deductible no- donation. I'm going to give you an option, so you can send a check to me, uh, Lou Benninger at PO Box 88 Marysville, 
95901, Lou Benninger, P.O. Box 88 Marysville, or just put Live with Lou or No Hostages Radio, something like that, P.O. Box 88 Marysville, 95901. Or if you want to send a check and get tax-deductible donation, you could send it to Church of Glad Tidings, P.O. Box 1630-1630, Yuba City, 95992, and just put Lou, Lou Radio or Lou Podcast, and they will put that towards the costs of running these operations. So uh, the, it, no one's getting paid over here. I pay some people to help me. W- Wikiman, we call him Santos Vigil. Wikiman helps me put together the Live with Lou show, and Tanner Martis from Texas helps me put together the uh, the uh, podcast, and then we have to pay for like Internet stuff and all those kind of things that I don't understand. But costs a little money. Not huge. Not huge. But uh, plus, if you want, you know, like I, you heard me promoting different businesses. Uh, Nelly Garcia, uh, North Valley Paralegal, said people come in, came in right away, said, hey, I heard your name on the radio. I've, so I came over to see you. I got problems. I need help. Right. So, uh, OK, so we'll move on from there. <clears throat> we're getting ready to wrap up our uh, we're just coming down. We just got a minute or so le- left with out of our fourth segment. Uh, so let me get down to where I haven't talked yet. OK. So uh, let's see what I can say. The, I, we're, we're less than a minute here. Uh, oh, uh, I'm going to have to listen. There are some parent workshops. And I wrote it down somewhere. I have to find it. There are some parent workshops uh, for parents that need help with homeschooling, and they're being run out at Church of Glad Tidings. So go on the churchofgladtidings.com website if you think, oh, I don't know what to do about schooling. I don't think I can do homeschooling. They're doing a series of parent workshops. They're all free at Church of Glad Tidings on various dates, like a week apart. And uh, go on the website, churchofgladtidings.com. And look for that. And if if you can't find it, just send me a text, 530-713-1838, and I'll give you the dates. So give me a shout-out if you have a problem, but they will help you. There's also in the works some people are trying to put together an alternative school. So it's not ready to go yet, but it may just – all we need is a place. So if you know of a place to hold a school in Yuba-Sutter counties, uh, we got the teachers to launch that dude and administrators, okay? Uh, We'll be right back. Metro family's world turned upside down just days before their daughter's birthday. They learned she passed away from a fentanyl overdose. It turns out what she thought was an oxycodone pill was really a deadly fake. KOCO's Evan Onstott with that family's loss and the drug now getting dealers charged with murder. You have no idea the impact that you made on my life. August the 6th. It was probably about 11 or 11.30 at night. I had, I was actually in bed, and they had called my wife's phone to inform us that she was at the emergency room 
Keith Montgomery will never forget the night he lost his daughter, Leah Marie. The doctor came in and told us that she had passed away and it was a fentanyl overdose. But fentanyl wasn't a drug Leah Marie ever intended to take. Going back almost uh, five years when we started to see different drug organizations basically purchasing uh, black market fentanyl and pressing it to look like U.S. pharmaceuticals. Mark Woodward with the Oklahoma Bureau of Narcotics has been tracking these laced pills since they made their way to the state. We had eight overdose deaths within about a six, seven day period. It's sometimes the last people you would suspect. She was just adventuresome and she was a leader. She she wasn't a follower. She, she led the group wherever she went. Keith admits his daughter had her struggles with addiction. It was heartbreaking to see that because you just never expect your child to, to be involved in, in to that level. You can't make people go to treatment. You can't make people quit whatever they're doing. It, it's until they're ready to get the help. And so one day she called and she said, I'm ready for help. And Leah Marie did get help. She went to rehab. She moved into a sober living house. She was baptized. And in her father's words, commented about it was the most wonderful time of her life. She had found her faith, her family, and her friends. Leah had taken a job working for the very program that helped her get sober. She had found her calling, helping others get sober and find faith. Then just two days before her 31st birthday, after nearly four years of sobriety, Leah relapsed. It was one, one night she decided to take a pill, but she didn't know what was in it. And unfortunately, the first time after being clean and sober, it killed her. I was fortunate because we knew where she had got him through the police. And so we, they were able to track it back to the dealer. We are making the decision to charge drug traffickers uh, with first degree murder. Attorney General Mike Hunter has made a priority out of holding drug producers and distributors accountable. He and his team have now recommended a bill that would give them more power to prosecute traffickers of fentanyl. And when you've got a drug like this, which is so fundamentally and demonstrably deadly, we just, we, we think the law needs to be stricter. We think the punishment needs to be uh, more severe. The AG's office has charged the man who sold laced pills to Leah Marie with first degree murder. He currently sits in the Oklahoma County Jail awaiting trial. Hello everyone, my name is Jim Bean III. This is my lovely wife, Keisha. And we're here today to represent the millions of black Americans who disagree with the Black Lives Matter movement. I always ask people, have you ever been to the Black Lives Matter website? Most people say no. Let me show you three things that I saw on there that goes against my Christian viewpoints. And as a taxpayer, I do not want to see this agenda, this indoctrination pushed on my four children. What I saw was, if you go to Black Lives Matter website, it says that they support uh, sexual perversion, which they, in their own words, we foster a queer affirming network. This is America, you can be who you want to be, you can love who you want to love. But that indoctrination, that teaching should not be forced on everyone. It also says that we disrupt the nuclear family. That's my wife, this is our four children. 
why would you disrupt the nuclear family? In most black communities, the father is not there. That's why we're seeing so many issues and so many problems. Why disrupt that? Another thing you will see is that they say we engage comrades. They, in their own words, their leaders said they are trained Marxists. Trained Marxists. I'm an American. I believe in American exceptionalism. I believe America is the best country ever. Another thing I want to point out, bring this over here. In our neighborhood, everyone can put up their signs and it says, we believe in this house. I want to give you what we're going to put in our, in our neighborhood. We believe God created man and woman. Love is sacrificial. God created science. Not a few or some, but all lives matter. An unborn life is still a life. Helping the immigrant, judging character, not skin color, respecting the law and the flag. We're also going to put this one up. In this house, we believe biolo bi biology is real. All lives matter. Crime is illegal. Jesus is life. God is love. Unborn babies are humans, right? Truth is everything. Lastly, I want to say this indoctrination, 30 seconds. It can get to the point where what happened in Dallas back in 2016. I'm going to read what it says here as far as the report. It says the suspect who was a sniper, he killed five officers. He said here he was upset about black lives. He said that he was upset that recent police shootings uh, was upset about white people he wanted to kill, white, especially white officers. This is poisonous. This is toxic. We cannot allow this to con continue. I know it's going on in mainstream media. You, I know it's in the sports. But there's millions who disagree. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Next speaker. Speaker number three. You know I smoked a lot of grass. Oh, Lord, I popped a lot of pills. But I've never touched nothing mm -hmm, that my spirit could kill. I have been watching this uh, situation about this supposed green energy and about how the Paris Accord and about how all these major countries like China, India, Europe, the European Union have all agreed to do this and reduce their greenhouse gases, and therefore the United States has to do it as well. That all is a total lie. Now, you remember during Obama and during Biden, they shut down the, the entire coal industry, right? Coal is one of the most wonderful fossil fuels that we have. And coal drives or produces most of your electricity in the United States of America. There's other ways to produce it. Wonderful. Nuclear power is wonderful. Very clean. Coal is much cleaner than you remember it years ago. I, I trained through an area. Of, I trained across China numbers of times. And one uh, morning I woke up. It was on a sleeper train. So, you know, you just have a bunk. And when I woke up, the entire landscape was black, like somebody just painted it black. The buildings were black. The dirt was black. The plants were black. The trees were black. And it was in a coal, coal area. And China has not been uh, 
they've been lying all all along about their ability or their desire to have clean or they were uh, being environmentally sensitive. So what's happening is we're shutting down coal coal plants. We're shutting down uh, plants fired by fossil fuel like gas gas or oil. Uh, and they aren't. They're expanding. So I want to give you some stats so you're not just believing all this baloney put out by uh, the Biden administration or the Obama or the liberals. This article is a great article. It says, uh, <clears throat> title says, five Asian countries building 80% of planned coal power stations coming up in the world. Five Asian, and by the way, you can find the same thing. If you want to talk about who uses the plastic, who pollutes the most, it's all Asian countries. Says five Asian countries account for 80% of the world's newly planned coal power stations, according to a report published by Carbon Tracker on Wednesday. Quote, China, India, Vietnam, Indonesia, and Japan are responsible for 80% of the world's planned new coal plants and 75% of existing coal capacity carbon tracker wrote in these five countries 92 percent of the planned coal units will be uneconomic even under business as usual up to 150 billion dollars could be wasted china indonesia india vietnam japan currently plan to build over 600 new coal plants do you know of any coal plants being built in america we even shut down the very environmentally sensitive keystone pipeline to move oil faster and safer than a truck or a train or anything else, far safer, and without putting out any CO2 emissions, if you're concerned about that. These guys are building 600 new coal plants between them. The planned power stations are expected to generate a total of 300 gigawatts. You watch the gigawatts. You watch us start having to do brownouts here in California because there's no way PG&E can keep up with the utilities with the restrictions the California government's putting on Pacific Gas and Electric. 300 gigawatts is equivalent to around the entire electricity generating capacity of Japan itself, the whole country. The Asia-Pacific region consumed, check this out, the Asia-Pacific region Consume more than three quarters of all coal used globally in 2019, according to British Petroleum. Look at these numbers. China, which is the world's number one coal consumer, and we're shutting down and putting hundreds of thousands of coal miners out of work. China, which is the world's number one coal consumer, has 368 power stations in the pipeline that means ready to be built, and 187 gigawatts of capacity. Beijing has approved plans, that's their Washington, D.C., Beijing, approved plans to build a new, the new coal facilities despite a pledge by President Xi Jinping that China will become carbon neutral by two, 2060. That's a joke. That's a lie, a joke. They have no intention of doing that. They don't buy that at all. He actually said that to the General Assembly. There's no way that they can accomplish that, period. India, 
is the world's number two coal. Where's the U.S.? India's number two coal consumer after China is currently planning to build 92 coal power stations capable of producing roughly 60 gigawatts of capacity, according to Carbon Tracker. Indonesia is, do you know Indonesia is got the fourth greatest population in the world? Did you even know that? It's it's kind of a hidden thing, you know. It's like they got an island system in Indonesia. It's not one country. It's 17,000 islands. Is planning to build even more coal power stations in India with 107 new plants currently in the works. You think these guys are concerned about carbon emissions? Not they're concerned about powering their country. Vietnam has 41 such plants planned, followed by Japan with 14. Do you think any of these Asian countries is in tune with us. Forget about it. Forget about it. It's they're all just it's all this US baloney. In 2020, check this out. America is controlled right now by China. They're all over this country uh buying out legislate legislators, owning them. They either send send a prostitute in to do business with them and then they control them or they just pay them off. They pay them to run for office. <clears throat> they're in all these agencies. They're they're salted all through the labs. China is running this country right now, people. Trump, they weren't with Trump, but they are big time now. It says here in this article, in 2020, China built over three times as much new coal power capacity as all other countries in the world combined. The equivalent of more than one large coal plant per week. Are you with me? China is putting up a coal plant a week. Do you know they, during some of these epidemics they've had, they've gone in, in and put up an entire hospital in a week? Take us months, years to do that. In addition, over 73 gigawatts of new coal power projects were initiated in China, five times as much as all other countries put together, while construction permits for new coal projects also accelerated. China burned, listen to this, China burned over half the world's coal in 2020. China's coal generation rose by 1.7% in 2020 while it fell, fell or remained flat in all other G20 countries. Globally, coal generation has had its biggest fall on record, leaving China with an increased share of global coal generation up 44% in 2015 to 53% in 2020. Listen, people, we are swinging and missing so badly in this country let me uh oh let me let me go up here and talk to i'm just trying to uh oh this is this is let me just throw this in because this is this is a little off the beaten track and uh and since I have a background with drugs, I'm not a doctor. I used drugs when I was a youngster. That's why these shows turn out the way they do. Uh, the California legislature 
Uh, they have a bill, Senate Bill 519 by Senator Weiner, would decriminalize DMT. I'm just going to give you the initials. DMT, Ibogaine, which is psychedelic, a psychedelic substance, LSD, mescaline, psilocybin mushrooms, and uh, MDMA, or called Molly or Ecstasy. They're going to um, exempt them from prosecution unless you've already been in, involved with the law over them. But I think if you're an adult, 21 and above, they're going to exempt them from being illegal. They're, not, they're going to be legal. Uh, so uh, it hasn't been voted on, but it's passed out of, a, out of the committee five to three. So it says SB 519 would also set strict limits on possession of listed psychedelics, penalizing those who are under, under the age of 21 for using drugs, as well as possessing the drugs on school property. <clears throat> possession of drug paraphernalia associated with psychedelics will no longer carry criminal penalties as long as they are owned by adults. Those with prior criminal offenses for possession and use would also have their records expunged. That means cleaned. With the California Department of Public Health to come up with regulations and therapeutic uses of the legalized psychedelic drugs. So there's been a movement for quite a while. In fact, there's a book, I think it's called Game Changers by Dave, can't remember his last name, Aspley or Aspie. Game Changers, I think it is. I'll have to look. Get back to you. And he talks about all the different psychedelic drugs and some of the benefits they have. Helping you think better, helping you think more creative. So it was interesting read for me because I'd use them just as to get high and feel nutso. And so I used a number of these that they have listed. But when I was in working in jail teaching jail inmates, one of them talked about DM. Is it DMT or DMA? Uh, DMT. And he said, "Oh, Lou, you can order it on the internet. You can buy it on the internet." Well, now, in fact, uh, we got arrested. Um, with, I don't know, a thousand hits of acid one time uh, where a chemist we knew was making it. So now it's it hasn't been voted on yet, but it's made it through committee. And it's had, you know, one thing they, they took, a there's a date rape, rape drug called ketamine, K-E-T-A-M-I-N-E. -E. I've never, I've heard of date rape drugs, but I've never heard of ketamine. But I guess ketamine was also in, included in this that was going to be uh, legalized. But they, I think they took this one out because it's too controversial, maybe. So we'll see. It still has to be voted upon. So, um, so we'll see if this works and uh, see if it pans out. I think we're going more and more towards a, a society that uh does not uh i mean tries to protect young people but if you're an adult and you want to take something they just let you take it i think that's what we're going through i think portugal went went through that with heroin um and they legalized heroin and and they opened up a lot of uh, treatment centers 
and made it very easy for people to get treatment that people felt like they needed to get off heroin or stop using heroin. In fact, in New York, I met some a team of people that were staying overnight at the same place I was staying overnight with a team, and they were a whole team of ex-heroin addicts from Portugal that were flying in, and they were going to set up in the Bronx and work with people, heroin addicts on the street, try to get them clean, because they all got cleaned. So anyway, I thought that was interesting news uh, about the different psychedelic drugs um, being taken off the uh, criminal list or, or uh, arrest list. Um, okay. And I don't know, I don't know whether you realize that uh, California, you know, we, we've been banning uh, our Cal the California legislature or the government. Maybe the legislature didn't even vote on it. Maybe just Gavin Newsom. They've been stopping California employees from traveling on the, the the taxpayer's dime to events in states that they don't feel are liberal enough in their LGBTQ lettuce, bacon, and tomato sandwich people. Uh, so if they didn't, for instance... Uh, Arkansas, Montana, North Dakota, West Virginia. There's 17 states now that California employees cannot travel to those states for conferences or education um, because of bigotry and discrimination, according to the state of California. Those are the latest ads. There's There's 17 states altogether. Latest additions, Arkansas, Montana, North Dakota, West Virginia. So you know probably Georgia's on that because they moved the All-Star game out of Georgia, right? So let's see. Uh, okay, the 12 other states are Texas, Alabama, Idaho, Iowa, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Kentucky. Oh, they don't even have Georgia on here. North Carolina, Kansas, Mississippi, Tennessee. Uh, so... Those last five states recently introduced bills in their legislature this year that prevent transgender girls. This is the reason they got on the hot list where California workers can't go to their state on company business. They introduced bills in the legislature that prevent transgender girls from participating in school sports consistent with their gender identity. And block access to certain types of health care and allow the discrimination of LGBTQ community, according to Attorney General of California. So they want people to, like, be able to identify with any sexual group and no blocks to health care. In other words, getting sex changes and those type of things, right? And uh, no other type of discrimination. So North Dakota had signed into a law, a bill allowing certain public funded student organizations to restrict LGBTQ plus students from joining without losing funding. 
Arkansas passed the first law in the nation to prohibit physicians from providing gender-affirming health care to transgender normal transgender minors what that looks like is giving them hormones to cause them to change to a different flavor regardless of the wishes of the parents so arkansas put the kibosh says if you're wanting to give female hormones to a boy or vice versa you can't do that so california law has exemptions for some trips like such as Anyway, enforce state laws, etc. But most of, most of the time, there's travel ban. Now, for my sake, I wish that's just saving us money, regardless of what their motives are, right? All that traveling. I've been on so many junkets for the government. You know, I was on the school board here in Yuba County. And then I was on a, uh, but where I really was on all kinds of junkets was when I was on a committee at the for Gray Davis back in the late 1990s and early 2000 when I was on a committee to reform the welfare laws. And uh, so they were covering costs, running back and forth, and then we didn't go out of state, but we went and stayed overnight at some really nice accommodations in Monterey. And um, so the state just spends tons and tons of money on their employees getting trained all over the place. So uh, anyway, I, I'm not I'm not heartbroken on these people not traveling and, and speaking, but I think it's it's God bless those states that have stood up for the and against the uh, insane thinking and lack of wisdom of the state of California. So the other good thing is I want to talk about for a minute is uh, a gal had contacted me from Chico, Cal State University, Chico. And she said, Lou, I don't know what to do because she works there. And she said, they're saying I have to be uh, injected or I'm not going to be able to keep my job. And so I referred her to some sources that she could get legal help without paying for it. And so ultimately she may end up getting an attorney, but there, there are other resources that you can start there if your employer is trying to force you to, to wear a mask. And that is at uh, the website, thehealthyamerican.org. We'll be right back. Angel of darkness is upon you. Stuck a need on your arm. So take another tub. Have a blow for your nose. One more drink full would drown you. Mexican-American mother of four children in elementary, middle, and soon-to-be high school. I wanted to talk to you about my six-year-old. Her name is Lucy. You see, I, I have a problem. In my living room hangs a whiteboard where Lucy has been counting down the days to her first day of school. For that day, she has picked out a unicorn backpack and a romper with gold hearts. Her endless chatter includes what her teacher's name will be and what she will pack for her lunch. I don't have the heart to break it to her yet that she's not gonna be going to school. I stand before you to demand you ban critical race theory. I stand, what you're damaging 
is so much more than you have any idea. According to Wikipedia, CRT, critical race theory, is a movement of civil rights scholars and activists. It's straight activism. It's a theory that villainizes white people and teaches that America is racist and discriminates against people of color. If you really felt this way, why would you present it to children? Newsflash, kids don't see color. Why would you disrupt their pure nature? How dare you try to contaminate their minds? It's a lie. You're lying to our kids, teaching them that their own country is racist and looks down on them depending on their skin color. Or that because you're white, you're inherently racist. And where does this leave my children, who will be judged as privileged because their appearance is white, while their origins are Hispanic? You are the ones making differences. Judging us all by skin tone and deciding who gets what treatment. Is that not the sheer definition, definition of racism? Was this the genius mastermind plan to combat racism with more racism under the guise of empathy? To choose and favor one group over another and so many in society are blatantly doing it now. And if this school board really believes our system is flawed and people of color are disadvantaged, can you explain to me how five out of the seven board members are women of color? how the district superintendent is Hispanic, but you have a former black president using his voice to still talk the flaws of racism, the flaws of racism in America. It's a disgusting lie and it's BS and we're sick of the audacious attempts to indoctrinate our children. It's enough. And since it's Pride Month, Pride Month, I'll go into this briefly. With LGBTQ, with gender confusing material, you decided to present to our kids we obviously have two different opinions. I want to know who gave you all the right to decide which was wrong and which was right? What moral authority do you have? Because mine is God. Who do you answer to? CNN, woke celebrities and politicians? You know, let's be fair. Let's not teach them it's wrong. Let's not teach them it's right. Carlos, let's not I'm teach so, them I'm any of it. Let's not teach them any of it. You don't you get to influence my God-given children with your opinions. It's not your job. It's abuse of power. I decide what values my children are influenced with, not you. And especially, you don't decide that on my dime because we're all paying you. And it's not so. You can mold our children the way you see Thank you, Ms. Cardinal. At six o'clock last night, Boris Johnson, the walking bag of custard, came out and lied directly to the faces of the nation. The new rules are that you are still imprisoned if you are in the UK. You're not allowed to dance at a wedding or stand up to have a drinks reception. But of course, it's perfectly fine that Boris's snobby chums are allowed to have both final days at Wimbledon and Cramful Wembley Stadium with as many people as they want. It's okay if you're hollering at Nadal while he's picking his pants out of his arse you cannot go on holiday still. Boris told that to us while he stood there with his tan from his private holiday at an exclusive beach resort whilst trying to hump the legs of Macron and Biden. You are supposed to somehow magic up the money to pay for your business rates or your rent or your mortgage. Meanwhile, everybody paid by the state is on full salary. And of course, people working for the NHS are complicit in keeping this lockdown in place because 
they're on full play. And of course, they're coming for your children. You heard a lot about children being vaccinated, even though the effects of COVID on children are close to zero. This is so neg negligible that it's hard to even count. Please bear in mind that Chris Whitty has never been married. He doesn't have children of his own. I would say it's questionable whether he's ever had sex at all. And finally, we're told that we will have to learn to live with this thing, that we have to learn to live with COVID. Well, if that's the case, why aren't we allowed to just get out and learn to live with it right now? Nothing makes sense, of course, because you cannot rationalise the irrational. You cannot fathom the unfathomable. As I've said, for a good 12 to 16 months now, lockdown will have been the greatest hoax in human history. Your job right now is to wake one more person up to that simple fact. We don't need no education. We don't need no thought control. All right, so the title here is College Students Suing Over State University's Vaccine Mandates. Again, it's not a vaccine, people. This is uh, altering your DNA. So government and businesses are ignoring students and employees with antibodies who had COVID and recovered. So the point is here, from a medical standpoint, if, you, if you've been ill with COVID or you didn't even know it, but it came in your system and your system fought it and rejected it. Your system then builds antibodies that reside in your system indefinitely. And so when they say, Oh, you had COVID. Okay. Well, you still need to wear a mask or you need to get vaccinated. And the argument is, hey, I got antibodies in the syst my system. I'm not going to get it, and I'm not going to give it, right? That's the argument. Well, they're, the government's completely ignoring the antibody argument. So <clears throat> this article by Katie Grimes from the California Globe, I would recommend you getting read two newspapers the Epoch Times, E-P-O-C-H Times, Epoch Times. It's a wonderful newspaper. I, was, I, I get the hard copy sent to me once a week. It's educational for your kids, for you, for all kinds of topics. But the second one you can get all online is California Globe. And a, a lady named Katie Grimes uh, is the editor or publisher of that. And she writes a lot of articles. She's a prolific writer. She's a wonderful person. So she writes, and I'm so happy that this is happening because I felt so bad for this lady who listens, young lady that listens to the show here and maybe reads my articles. She contacted me needing help. So uh, Katie Grimes says, in what may become precedent-setting legal cases, three California State University Chico students who have recovered from COVID-19 are suing the state school, saying that California State University's system's requirement that they receive a COVID-19 vaccine before returning to class in the fall places them at risk of dying. 
I thought, thank goodness, yes, it does. People are dying left and right. If you're following this, thousands are either dead or they've been really sick and been in and out of the hospital. Eight, so that's three, that's three students at Chico. Then eight Indiana University students also filed a federal suit against the state school, alleging that the COVID-19 vaccine requirement violates both their constitutional rights and the state's new anti-vaccine passport law. So Katie says, expect to see more lawsuits. Here's why. She said, I am convinced that the Indiana University vaccination mandate is unconstitutional. Sorry, that's not her speaking. It's a quote by James Bopp. If you know James Bopp, he's well-known in pro-life circles, James Bopp Jr., B-O-P-P Jr. James Bopp says, I'm convinced the Indiana University vaccination mandate is unconstitutional. An Indiana University alum, James Bopp, Actually, he's an alum of Indiana University. He's a constitutional lawyer who's won nine nine cases uh, argued before the U.S. Supreme Court. He says a government school, state school, has to comply with the Constitution because that's what the Constitution applies to, its limits on the government. Bob said that the mandate is an invasion of a person's liberty and violates the 14th Amendment which declares a state should not deprive a person of due process of law. They can't just tell you to do something. You, you, they can't just, what they couldn't do and they did and everybody let them get away with it. They said, you ha- you can't go to your business and open up anymore until we tell you. That is what they call under article 14 is the, the term takings. They, they cannot take from you unless they give you due process. Like if they come and say, Lou, your house is right in the middle of, of, of uh, improvement in our city. We need your house. We need your property. We will pay you well for it. And they call that eminent domain. It's a, for the good of the community. I will have to get up and sacrifice and move, right? So, But there has to be due process because I may say, no, 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 no. I don't want to do that, and I don't think it's fair, and I don't think I think there's other ways to solve this, right? So that's due process. It's called, but if they take your property, like taking is not only to take something physical away from you, like your real estate, but it's also taking your ability to earn earn a living. That's takings. And that's a violation of the Constitution. And and you you are afforded due process. A health officer just can't shut down the entire county for 16 months. There's other articles I couldn't even get to to talk to you about the businesses that survived are not doing well. Bop even says that medical and religious exemptions are also unconstitutional. He says the man said the mandate to get vaccinated is an invasion of people's personal liberty and violates the 14th Amendment, which declares a state should not deprive a person of due process of law. The CSU lawsuit was also filed in federal court in Sacramento on behalf of three students and says all three contracted AIDS, da da da, recovered from the virus. Here's the rub. People. You know, I'm just so sick of the government saying we're following the science. Well, that's the science. Well, we're we're just, you know, we need to just 
Pay attention to the science. Bow to the science. There isn't any science, people. People who had who had uh, who had had COVID and recovered from it have natural immunity or antibodies against the virus. If they were ever to get it again, it's like the cold. It keeps coming back year after year after year. You know why? You know why they don't have a, a vaccine for it? Because it's changing. It, as soon as you got a vaccine for this design of virus or cold, then it changes again. And what these knuckleheads have done is made a catastrophe out of the common cold so they could try to do shut down the entire world. So people that have had COVID have natural antibodies against the virus and possibly even higher antibodies than those who are vaccinated. Because of that, many physicians say getting the vaccine on top of the body's act at antibodies can be dangerous and lead to severe side effects and injuries. So here we go. They're going to sue them. The vaccine requirement is happening now in public schools, state universities, and even in private universities. The Globe was contacted by law students at a private California law school concerned because the school was requiring as a condition of the return to in-person classes, they get a vaccine, the law school. The students were rather surprised at the irony that a law school would unconstitutionally require the vaccine without, at the very least, allowing students to take the antibody test first. Now, this is how the stupid pill has taken over the United States. And people are not following any science, any rational thought, any reasonableness. They're just forcing the agenda because it was forced on them. It says here's California's Gavin Newsom. Uh, I think I'm going to skip that part. Oh, okay. So there's something coming. I don't know whether you've got a fake vaccine record. The problem is in California, they're changing the rules on all this COVID stuff, but different businesses are making up their own rules. So when you go into a business that they jack you around, if you don't know, if you're just dumbfounded, you don't know what to say. You could always leave and go somewhere else. But if you go to the, the healthy American, the healthy American dot org, you can look at Peggy Hall's videos. Now, that's her website. But a lot of her videos have been moved, and she'll tell you there. She'd been getting, uh, she was getting millions of looks on her website because she was helping people. She's an expert researcher. And uh, she, she can, she's made all kinds of videos, but you, if you can't see them on YouTube, you can go over to Rumble or BitChute or Brighteon. There's another other, other platforms that she now, I think there's actually another one called PeggyHall.tv or something like that. In other words, there's other platforms that are not uh, censoring her, but her, her information is solid gold on whether you want to talk about masks or employees forcing you to do stuff or wear stuff or get injected, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, anyway, Peggy Hall at the healthy American dot, dot org. 
there's some news on COVID I want to give you before we get done here. We got about nine minutes left. So um, this is news from the Children's Defense Fund. That's another online. Uh, they may have a, a hard copy newsletter, but the Children's Defense, the Children's Health Defense Fund, the Children's Health Defense Fund. Let me see if I can get whether it's org or com. I'll have to just look here for a minute because I don't know that it, they listed it in these articles. I'm just going to give you news bits from the uh, Children's Health Defense Fund. So they have a newsletter that I get in my email box called the Def Defenders COVID News Watch. comes into my news, uh, news feed a couple times a day on my email. It's really wonderful. So uh, said so the Defenders COVID News Watch provides a roundup of the latest headlines related to SARS-CoV-2 virus, which its origin, including its origins in COVID vaccines. So the America's largest teachers union and America's those are America's largest unions uh, is going to vote on mandatory COVID vaccinations, mask and testing for students. In other words, PCR testing. Can you imagine? That is so disgusting. So it says the Educational Association of America's largest teacher unit is holding a vote on requiring COVID-19 vaccinations, masks, and testing for students before classes return. So uh, 50 delegates is awaiting debate on the NEA's website. The action item calls for mandatory safe and effective COVID-19 vaccinations and testing for all students and staff before returning to face-to-face -face instruction in the fall subject to medical exemptions in accordance with the existing law and will ultimately publicize this position via social media. So they're... Um, think there's uh can't remember the the facebook site that i was going to talk to you about but i'll let that go for now since we're getting short in time also you've probably heard the report do you remember the current curative van that yuba county has well white house is now sending surge teams to delta variant hotspots. that's another system off covid so the white house is readying covid19 surge teams to send to communities with low vaccination rates to help combat the rapidly spreading delta variant of the coronas of the coronavirus officials announced thursday that's today the teams will work with local public health authorities to conduct contact tracing that means if somebody's sick then they're going to ask you all the people you've been in contact with i would just tell them to go fly a kite on that it's one thing if it's syphilis or TB, but this is nonsense, people. We just need to put our foot down and say, you know, you can sue us, you can do whatever you want, but we're going to live normal lives. So the teams will work to distribute supplies as needed or requested by states, such as therapeutics and additional tests. The teams will also help augment staffing at various vaccination 
sites. Again, that's uh, it's a children's defense health. Still trying to find out what their actual website. <clears throat> children's health defense.com.org, something like that. It's probably listed there somewhere. So that says a final item from them, from the Defender uh, newsletter, is CDC experts disagree with Pfizer on COVID boosters threatening pharma giants' big billion-dollar revenue stream. See, this is really about big pharma taking over the United States of America is, you know, they are throwing money around like manure on a pasture, greening it up for the new cows to come in. Uh, CDC experts disagree with Pfizer on COVID boosters threatening big pharma's billion dollar. Well, I don't think anybody is ever going to argue with big pharma's billion dollar revenue. The question is, have they been honest about all the workings of COVID and they've been help helpful as they could. So Pfizer says make, makes plans to keep its billion-dollar revenue stream going by answer, by assuring investors yearly COVID booster doses will be needed long after the pandemic ends. A group of scientists from the Centers of Disease Control, CDC, uh, they said there's not, not enough data to recommend COVID booster shots to the general population. Anyway, there's all kinds of topics in that little nugget. But uh, this is where I got this counties thing, you know, 1,000 counties. So it says 1,000 of the 3,142 counties in the United States have vaccinated coverage of less than 30%. Thank God. The counties in question are mostly located in southeast or midwest and are most vulnerable to COVID infection. According to according to CDC Director Dr. R- Rochelle Walensky, the agency is also already uh, seeing increased rates in, of disease in these countries due to the further spread of the more transmittable. Or tr- they they're looking further spread of the transverable. Delta variant, which you're saying, oh, now we got all get freaked out. Listen, I want you if you if you've rate if you've uh, been living for four or five decades, have you ever seen any nonsense and micromanaging of people's lives like COVID changing everything in people's lives? I was talking to Doctor Cassidy and and uh, I said, you know. I think we'd been a lot better off if no one would have done anything. The government would have kept its nose out of it, and we quit sending supplies all the way around in massive numbers. But if they had just let the local family physicians deal with their families and get them healthy, we would have reached herd immunity. Yet the government uh, just thinks that they can just smash everything and get away with it and just run roughshod over everything. All right, well, I'll just reemphasize the fact that if you're living up here in Marysville and you have a city, you want, might want to go to the Marysville City Council meeting 
Tuesday, July 6th at 6 o'clock. They're going to be talking about 5G. Even if you say, I don't know anything about that, there's going to be a couple corporations speaking about what their plans are and what they'd like to do with 5G. Uh, and you're going to have people speaking against that. So if you want to get educated, this would be a great time to do that. Uh, to find them given a presentation like this is pretty unique, the two of them. So, all right, we're going we're gonna to sign off here. Thank you for listening. Again, you can go to Live with Lou and read my articles and get my podcasts over there as well. And um, l- let me know who you are, what you're up to, and I'll communicate with you a bit. Also, uh, KMYC Radio, 1410 AM, you can catch me or the podcast. Okay? We're done for tonight, and... Uh, We'll catch you next next I guess one week from today. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show.